0: the world we live in is full of sinners. In America, it's no exception. And according to a survey done by LifeWay Research, two thirds of Americans identify as a sinner. Welcome to the Candid Christian Podcast, a weekly conversation where we candidly explore the areas of life that Christians often shy away from. No topic is off limits because I believe that God has something to say about every area of our lives. All right, that's enough talking. I'm your host, Kamara Dorsey. Let's jump right into the episode. So today on the podcast, we're going to be addressing habitual sin. And I think the first thing that is always good to do, and I'll just have a sidebar and say, I love words. I believe that words are so important. And I think when you're trying to delve into into a topic and to really understand a thing, you always have to first kind of... You know, do your research, and a little bit of your research has to do with understanding what words mean, understanding context, and different things like that. And so, the first thing we need to understand is like, what does habitual mean? And so, habitual means done. So, the definition of habitual says done or doing constantly or as a habit. So, habitual, doing something habitually is something that you do constantly or something that is a habit. So we can also think of habits as something that we do that we often don't even think of. Like something you could do as a habit is every night before you get in the bed, you brush your teeth. At first, when you first start doing that as a young kid, it's something that you might forget. You might not always brush your teeth before you get in the bed or, you know, you might not always, you know, as we get older, you know, different things become more important to us. You know, I know there's a lot of people who like to work out. So, you know, people have themselves on a very specific schedule as far as maybe working out. So they'll say, I always work out before I eat breakfast or I work out and then I take a shower or whatever it is. So, we have things in our lives that become a habit, and so habits are things that we regularly practice, especially something that's hard to give up. So a habit or something that's done habitually is something that you do constantly, something that you do consistently, and it's hard to give up. And when we couple that with sin, a sin that we do that is habitual, it's hard to break. And It's often, I just want to be real. It's often easy to be in church or be surrounded by other believers and you're listening to a sermon or you're at a Bible study or you're at a life group or, you know, whatever your local body offers. And in that moment, when maybe somebody's doing a study on sin or somebody's preaching a sermon on sin, you feel very hopeful and that's okay to feel hopeful right you feel you feel very ho- hopeful because maybe somebody's speaking specifically to your situation and to what you're going through but i think the downfall of that is that that hope never turns into action on our part because when you're in the midst of Listening to a, a a sermon or being a part of a small group where you are discussing something in that moment you feel very hopeful and you're like, okay, you're like, okay, we're discussing something that has really been on my heart and been on my mind, and I'm feeling hopeful, I'm feeling like I have tools to go home and to to kind of you know face this thing head on and I think the biggest kind of obstacle that we run into is not actually using the tools that we've been given. And so we're like, okay, like somebody has equipped me with the tools that I need to go out and kind of face the problem that I've been dealing with. And we never use the tools. And so today I want to walk us through that and walk us through like habitual sin and actually using the tools that we find in the Bible in order for us to Fight habitual sin, but not only fight habitual sin, but to actually defeat it and not on our own, but to defeat it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to speak candidly because that's what I do here on the Candid Christian podcast. And I don't know if it's too much for you. I don't know what to say because things, the things that I bring up on this podcast are going to be deep, they're going to touch home. And I don't, I just want to do a disclaimer because I don't want anybody to be like, "Oh, that was offensive," or "That was this," that you know, what whatever feelings come up for you. Because my aim is to really speak openly and to speak freely about things that people are going through, but they just aren't being addressed the way that they should be. And so, I'll come on here and I'll say something that is a habitual sin for me is gossiping. I always find myself like gossiping. And there is times where it's like, it's it's an unconscious thing. So I'll start talking and maybe it'll start off as like venting. And then by the end of it, I'm like talking about somebody or something. And when I look back, I'm like, man, how did I even get there? How did I get from I'm complaining about something that has to do with work. And then at the end of it, I got to, I'm I'm gossiping about somebody who's at my job, or maybe I got to, oh, I'm frustrated about something that happened at home. And then at the end of it, I'm complaining about the way that somebody I lived with does a certain thing. And I can sit here and say, like, it has been something that I've struggled with and something that I've battled with for a long time. And I'll even you know I'll even tell a funny story about how <laughs> this was so childish, and this is how I know that the Lord is merciful and gracious because if anybody doesn't know there is something called Lent that is practiced some Christians do it, some Christians don't, but the season of Lent is it's the forty days between it's like the forty days before Easter, and so what you are supposed to do is You're supposed to choose something to give up. And I know some people choose meat. Some people choose sweets. Some people choose television, social media. Some people choose whatever they feel the Lord is laying on their heart that they need to give up in order for them to be able to hear him clearly and to be able to really be in a time of true surrender, true surrender to the Lord. And so little old me. One year I said, I'm giving up gossiping. First of all, this is absolutely ridiculous because it's not like gossiping is equal to like eating chicken or like it's not like gossip is equal to eating milk chocolate. Like gossiping is something that is not like, oh, I'm going to put it down for 40 days and I'm going to pick it back up after these 40 days. So, that in itself was just completely outrageous, but let's just get back on track. So, I told myself, Yeah, I'm gonna give up talking about people for Lent. And so, I did it as immature as it was, I did it. But I will say, I know that the Lord used that, He used it to open my eyes because I noticed that over those 40 days, I was much more aware of when conversations would arise and I was much more aware of how I needed to respond. Like there were times situations or circumstances would come up and I would have the opportunity to kind of join in and chime in and to be able to have have my time to talk bad about people or to say things that was gossiping. And I would keep my mouth, my mouth was, my mouth was shut. I was so tight-lipped during that time that I was like, wow, I had a lot of time to be introspective. I had a lot of time to really think about. There is so much that comes out of my mouth that really needs to be an internal dialogue. There are so many things that I'm allowing to come out of my mouth that are not beneficial to myself, number one, and not beneficial to those around me. And so in that season, I really, really realized, wow, first of all, there's power in words and your words can shift a situation. Your words can change a situation and you can end up complaining for hours or you can end up being a solutionist, right? And so that's really what I noticed is like, hmm. And it was a time for me to really be aware of how I was choosing my words, because a lot of the time i was given the opportunity to be introspective and to say i'm really about to think about what i'm going to say before i say it because once i say it it's out there and i have to be able to have i have to be able to exercise the self control that the holy spirit has given me in order to steer away from conversations that i know are not going to be fruitful or to steer m- myself Away from conversations that I know aren't going to be leading in the right direction, leading in a way that will be godly. And I think a big, a big struggle for me definitely during that time was the correcting of other people. That was like, that was like one big thing for me where I was like, there's gonna come a moment where I'm gonna have to tell people, like, what is the point in talking about this? And obviously there's a way that you specifically address it. But that was one big thing for me that I was like, wow, like this makes me nervous because it's like, well, Lent, during Lent, I'm like, I am just need to just be checking myself. But then I'm like, this gives me the opportunity to be able to invite other people into the conversation and really challenge them and say, Hey, hey, y'all! Like, I I know we're talking about this right now, but I kind of just want to butt in and ask, like, what's what's like, what is what is the benefit of us talking about this right now? Like, how how is this how is this helpful? How is this fruitful? And the biggest thing for me is I do have a problem with not wanting people to look at me in a way of like, oh, you think you're better, or you know, like, I I just I'm somebody who doesn't want to cause problems and like. That's why, you know, my previous episode, my sister and I, we talked about conflict. And conflict for me is something that is like, I don't like conflict. I'm like, if you get a chance, you should definitely look up your conflict style. And for me, I realized my conflict style is avoidant. I will do everything in my power to avoid conflict and not have to talk about different difficult things and not even have to address it. But as we all know, that's not realistic, right? I live in a world with other people. I don't live by myself. I don't live by myself in this world. I don't walk through this life by myself. And so there's always conflict. There's always difficult conversations. And so during that season where I told myself, I'm going to give up talking about people, I had several opportunities to be able to be somebody in the conversation where I was like, either able to steer the conversation in a different direction so that it didn't keep going down the the path of talking about people, gossiping about people or just gossiping about certain situations. And that was a big deal for me because I was able to speak up and to and to really be able to like hold my other brothers and sisters in Christ accountable for like what we're talking about. And it's like, yeah, like, okay, we're talking about this right now. And it's like, you know, it it don't in the moment, it don't feel great when you're like, okay, like, okay, I have to be the one to address this. You know, you come and you're like, um, didn't want to say it, but I have to like, what's the benefit of us talking about this? How are we going to be made better by this? And if we are going to talk about this, we need to talk about how we're going to come up with a solution. We're not just going to talk about, talk about it and at the end of it, no solution was created. And so all that to say, during that time, I was really able to realize a few things that I did have a voice to speak up and to challenge the current patterns of thought And I also had the power to choose my words. So I had the power to change the atmosphere and I had the power to choose my words. And there is a lot of us who feel like sin just has so much control over us. And whatever that is, Whatever that is for you, whether it's a substance abuse, whether it, you know, like whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pornography, whether it's gossiping, whether it's overspending, whether it's overindulging, whatever, whatever it may maybe is, you know, we and we all deal with different things, right? We all have our vices. And so whatever that is for you, I know, and I know that I can say this for me personally, like there are some times when you just feel like, This thing, whatever it is, has such a hold on me. And I want to take a moment to address that and just say, that's a lie. If you are in Christ Jesus and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, from the moment that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came into your life. And the Holy Spirit is now active In your life, and so from that moment, sin doesn't have a hold on you. Now, now you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You've accepted that Jesus has died for your sin, and you've also accepted that He rose again and He reigns victorious, which means that He triumphs over sin, He triumphs over the habitual sin of watching porn, He triumphs over the habitual sin of of gluttony he triumphs over the habitual sin of of lust he triumphs over the habitual sin of gossip he triumphs over the habitual sin of overspending or gambling like what whatever it is for you jesus triumphs over that if you have accepted him as your lord and savior and if you're listening to this and you haven't accepted jesus as your lord and savior There's space and there's time right now for you to do that and you can be free from your habitual sin, whatever it is. And so I just even want to take a moment right now and allow you to invite Jesus into your heart and invite him into your life if you are not a Christian and you're listening to this. And if you are a Christian and you're listening to this, then, you know, just pray for those in your life right now who you know are far from God and you know that they are struggling in certain areas and you just wish that they would come to Christ but you know we can't just wish but we have to pray that those who are lost would come home but i want to get back to to those who aren't christians and they're listening to this i just want to invite you into a time of a, a quick prayer and to invite jesus into your into your life if that is something that you want to make a decision to do today. So Lord, I just thank you for this person who is listening to this podcast. And Father God, you see them and you know them. Father God, you know their heart. You know where they came from, Lord Jesus. You saw them in their mother's womb, Lord Jesus. You knew who they were before their parents even knew who they were. So Lord Jesus, I lift up this person to you. And whoever you are right now, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. Lord Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner and I believe that I've sinned against you. But Jesus, I invite you into my heart today, right now. And Lord Jesus, I renounce everything that is evil, everything that is dark and everything that goes against you and your kingdom. And Lord Jesus, I say right now today that I, I'm a child of God, and I accept the sacrifice that you made for me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me, and I believe that you rose again on the third day. And so, Jesus, I accept what you did for me, and I invite you into my life. And I say, have your way in every area of my life. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And so, if you just pray that prayer, I want to say, Welcome to the family of God. You are now a part of the family of Jesus Christ. And we can continue on with the podcast because now you can say that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So, now you have the power of the Holy Spirit and you have his power to help you overcome habitual sin. And so, I want to get a little into. What does the Bible say about habitual sin? so we're going to take a look at what does the Bible say about habitual sin? So I want us to go to First Corinthians ten, and if you don't have it, that's fine. I mean, because you know this is a podcast, it's not like a Bible study time, but if you have your phone out, I mean you can click to the Bible app real quick if you don't you're driving, if you're on a bus, if you're on a plane, if you're wherever, if you're at work, you can just listen because I'm gonna read it real quick for us. But I believe it's good for us to really look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and to see all of it and to see kind of the root of habitual sin so that we can, because once you understand the root of a thing, then you can, right, you can uproot it. But if you don't know what the root of something is, then you'll (laughs) if you don't know what the root of a thing is then you'll only treat the symptoms right so let's say you go to the doctor because your knee is hurting and the doctor's like "Mm, we don't see anything wrong and you know we're not sure what's going on with you but you know we're going to prescribe you 600 milligrams of ibuprofen just take this every day for the next two weeks you know the pain should subside." But really, let's say deep down in your body, there's some inflammation happening because you have something deeper going on, right? So your knee's hurting because there's inflammation, because your body's fighting off something that's attacking it. And so with habitual sin, we don't want to do quick fixes. We don't want to treat symptoms. We want to get to the root of a thing so that we can uproot it so that it no longer has power over us because a lot of us are dealing with things because we don't know the root of it and we're only treating the symptoms of it, right? So we're doing behavior, we're doing behavior modifications. So many of us are, maybe we're struggling with gluttony or overindulgence. And so we don't know the root of it, but we know that it's causing pain and we know that it's causing struggle. So what do we do? okay, I really, really, really want to get rid of this thing. I want this thing to stop being a problem in my life. Okay, I'm overindulging so much in food or I'm overindulging so much in social media or I'm overindulging so much in television programs or whatever it is. And so in order for you to stop overindulging, you only think about behavior modification because that's what we've been taught, right? We haven't been taught to look at the root of a thing. We've only been taught you know, don't do that because God says so. Okay. Yeah. Because God is, you know, we should be holy as our father is holy. But a part of that is being able to use the tools that he gives us to identify the root. And in the Bible, it is very clear that he gives us tools so that we can identify the root of a thing. And so I want us to take a moment and to be very clear with ourselves and say, we have to stop treating symptoms and we have to get to the root of a thing because the longer that we treat the symptom of our overindulgence or the longer we treat the symptom of our gossip the longer we treat the symptom of our porn addiction of our alcohol abuse the longer we treat the symptom the longer we're going to have the problem because we're only thinking of behavior modification we're only thinking okay i'm only going to do one drink this time oh i'm only going to do one ice cream bar this time, or oh, I'm only going to talk about one person this time, and it's just like it doesn't work that way because each and every time it's it's going to get out of control. Something is going to go awry because we haven't found the root of what is actually causing us to have this habitual sin in our lives. And so, I want us to listen really quickly to First Corinthians 10, and I'm going to do the best that I can to get us through this through these verses so we're going to start in verse one and then I don't know when I'm going to stop but just follow along with me so first Corinthians chapter 10 verse one and the heading in my bible this is the ESV it says warning against idolatry and before I go I want to say our key verse is verse 13 and verse 13 says no temptation has overtaken you." That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And the it is the temptation or the thing that is tempting you. And so that's our key verse, but I want to start back up in verse one. So it says, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. And I just want to stop and say, this is in reference to Exodus when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. And he says that our fathers were under all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they Drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, hmm. for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And that's thus speaking of in the wilderness, a lot of people died off. And why did they die off? Because they had an old mentality. They had the mentality of back when they were in Egypt, and a lot of them grumbled and complained against Moses, but. but If you know the story, you know that Moses had to correct them. And he said, you're not grumbling against me. You're grumbling against God because he's the one who's brought you out of Egypt into the wilderness. And so the people who were constantly grumbling and constantly complaining, constantly wishing that they could go back to Egypt, constantly wishing they could go back to slavery and to be in bondage, they had to be done away with because that mindset was unhealthy for what God was trying to bring them into. And I think that's even important to think of now is when we're in our habitual sin, if we don't like the way that God is trying to process us through it, and if we constantly fight God on his methods, if we constantly fight God on the way that he is trying to do it, there will be a point where we are given over to the way that we wanna do it. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that God will give you over to your evil desires. God will give you over to what you want. If you continue to fight him, he'll give you over to what you're asking. And so I think it's important to remember that in this process of getting to the root of habitual sin, there are going to be some things that God does. There are going to be some methods. There are going to be some processes that it just don't make sense to you and I. And even more than not making sense, it just doesn't feel good. And so we're going to continue on and pick up in verse six. Uh, Now it says, now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire to do evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell, which means died in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Verse 10, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as a what? As an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you and I that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ab- ability. But with the temptation, he will what? He will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. And so I want to end there. I ended at verse 15. Right here in these verses, 1 Corinthians, Paul is telling us all we need to know in order to nip habitual sin in the bud. And I believe our answer comes right after verse 13. Can you do me a favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend and share it on your social media pages? That will really be a big help for me and for this podcast. All right, now back to the episode. It comes in verse 14 where Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And I believe the reason why he said this is because he talked about how when the Israelites were in Egypt or when they were leaving Egypt and they were in the wilderness, you know, God had Moses leading, he had Moses and Aaron leading them. And God used the process of them going through the wilderness as a way to get rid of the people who were practicing idolatry as a way to cleanse the, the Israelites for where he was taking them. He was taking them to the promised land. And I think that's so important to think about is that God has to cleanse you and he has to purify you for your next. God cannot, t- wow, God cannot take you where he wants to take you the way you are right now. God cannot take me, Kamera, to where he wants to take me to my next level if I'm still bound by a habitual sin, if I'm still in a place where habitual sin rules me right? Because the place where he wants to take me next. Imagine if I go to my next. Imagine if God says, well, I'm going to just take her to her next without her being processed and without her being developed. I'll go into my next and what will I do? I will completely ruin it because I haven't gone through the process of uprooting or finding the root and uprooting the habitual sin or sins that are in my life and that are having a hold on me and that are not allowing me to live in the fullness of what God has called me to. Because we know Jesus says in the New Testament that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, he says, I come that they may have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly. And I believe that each of us who is listening to this podcast, each of you who is listening, that God has the abundant life for you. But the only way that we can go to that next level of abundance is that there are some things that we have to let go of. There are some things that we have to rid ourselves of. And that's really why I believe like, I'll just say it openly. I asked the Lord, Lord, what should I talk about? And I felt like it came to my mind. I was like, it said habitual sins. And I'm like, well, that was real specific Holy spirit. And so I believe that this is important for whoever's listening to is that the Lord wants us to find the root cause, and I believe that 1 Corinthians ten chapter fourteen tells tells us where the root cause of our habitual sins come from. He says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. You want to know why the the Israelites were grumbling against Moses in the wilderness because they were idolatrous and they worshipped the ways of Egypt, they worshiped the Egyptian leaders, they worshiped the Egyptian way of life because they always talked about, oh, if only we were in Egypt and we can eat the meats in Egypt, if only we were in Egypt and we could do what we used to do in Egypt. And it's really crazy because they talked about Egypt as if it was a time of joy and wonder. But really, the Bible talks about how the Lord heard his people crying out to him for help. And he moved on their behalf because he heard their cries for help. But once God removed them from their situation, mm, once God removed them from their situation of being bound, that's when the grumbling happened. That's when the, oh, I wish I could go back to to the place of bondage. Can you imagine that? You call out to God and you cry out to God. And you ask him, God, free me from this habitual sin. Free me from the porn addiction. Free me from the alcohol abuse. Free me from the constant gossiping. Free me from my overindulgence. Free me from my gluttony. Free me from my overspending. Free me from whatever it is that I'm struggling with, God. Free me from this. And he says, okay, right? Because when we ask God to do something, we're giving him we're giving him access into our lives we're, we're asking him to come into our lives and to make a change it's so crazy that the story of the israelites it still applies like i still don't understand when people say oh the bible's an ancient book it's it's not relevant it doesn't matter those things aren't those things aren't for us and i always get perplexed because I'm just like, how is that not for us? The Israelites relate exactly to things that I'm going through today and saying, I pray prayers and I say, God, free me of this. Loose me of whatever has a hold and has has chains on me, right? And the Lord begins to release me and it begins to feel uncomfortable. Things begin to get refined. Things are being being refined in my life and things are being broken off of me and I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel free, but also I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, right? Because this freedom is unfamiliar. And I'm used to the chains of Egypt and I'm used to the the negative thought patterns of when I was in slavery. And so then I start to begin begin to think, oh, it was so much easier when I was addicted to porn. It was so much easier when I was able to gossip without having to think about anything, or it was so much easier when I was able to drink without, you know, without thinking about if it was bad or not, or it was so easy when I was able to over to overspin, or it was so easy when I was able to gamble. And the crazy thing is that our minds could play a trick on us because our minds are affected by us habitually doing things. You know, if you, you know, people talk about habits and say habits are created in 21 days. I don't know how true that is, but I know that once you do something more than once, your body has a response to it, right? Your your mind has a response to say, whenever this happens, this is what we do, right? So we do have to understand what our triggers are and say like, you, you, there's something that you've built up in your life to say, Whenever this happens, I do this, right? So whenever I'm stressed, I go to alcohol. Or whenever I'm frustrated, I spend all my money. Or whenever I feel irritated, I go watch porn. Or whenever I'm annoyed, I like to gossip. And so it's always good for us to understand like, yeah, what are the things that are triggering me to fall into this habitual sin? and fall into this place of really, fall into this place of idolatry. And for the Israelites, the thing that, the, is the trigger of the Israelites was being in the wilderness. God brought them by way of their leader, Moses and Aaron. God brought them into the wilderness. And what did the wilderness do to them? The wilderness really brought out of the Israelites who they really were. The slave mentality was so strong on them that it brought, the, it brought that out of them and God had to cleanse, cleanse the Israelites of that th mindset and of that way of thinking. And so I just even want to say that now, like when God begins to bring you and I, because I'm in this with you, this is not like I'm processing this and I'm going through this as you are going through this. And so when God s- begins to bring us out of the habitual sin, he begins to uproot Things in our lives, it's going to feel comfortable. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to start to feel like, oh, I wish, right? Because that's our flesh speaking. Our flesh is going to say, oh, wasn't it so much better when you could just drink and get drunk till you could black out so you didn't have to feel your emotions? Because nobody wants to deal with this, right? Because that could be your trigger to say, once you start feeling all your emotions, that's a trigger for you because you start thinking about everything that goes wrong in your life and you don't want to feel that pain. You don't want to feel the pain of all the problems that you have to deal with, right? So you numb it with whatever whatever it is. And so for the Israelites, getting back to their trigger for the Israelites, their trigger was being in the wilderness. Their trigger was not being able to be in a space where it was familiar. Like Egypt was familiar to them. Egypt was hard and they were slaves and they were mistreated. But what was it? It was familiar. And I think that's what it is for all of us with habitual sin. Our habitual sins don't make us feel good. We feel hurt. We feel mistreated. We feel shameful. We feel guilty. We feel like This isn't how this is supposed to be, but it's familiar. And habitual sin, we can get to that place where it feels so familiar that at a certain point, it just stops. It stops being something that we fight against. And that's when you get to the place of being like, "Mm, that's not good to say. (laughs) Hmm. I'm so comfortable with this. I'm so comfortable with this way of life or I'm so comfortable with this way of thinking that it's fine by me. And if anything happens that changes the flow of what I've been doing, then I'm uncomfortable. If I'm not in slavery, I'm uncomfortable. If I'm not bound, I'm uncomfortable because I'm not used to knowing what freedom is like. I'm not used to knowing what it means to be free and to live free and so back to first corinthians chapter uh chapter 10 verse 14 it says therefore my beloved flee from idolatry and i believe that idolatry this is truly what i believe and i feel like this is what the holy spirit is giving me right now y'all idolatry is the root of our habitual sins and now it may seem crazy it may seem like well okay come here like how can idolatry, like, that doesn't even make any sense. You know, you're like, how is idolatry the root of my porn addiction? How is idolatry the root of my gossip and problem? How is idolatry the root of my poor spending habit? How is idolatry, you know, like, how does that make sense? And so, like I said in the beginning, I like words. And I also like to understand the definition of words, because I think when we know the definition of a the thing, then it's easier it's easier for us to understand what it means and how it applies to us. And so idolatry means to work worship of idols, obviously. But going even further, it idolatry means extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or for someone. And so when Paul is saying flee from idolatry. He's telling us that we need to run away from admiring anything that isn't God, the one true God, the God of the Bible. And he's saying flee from that. Because once you flee from idolatry, once you flee from extreme adoration and admiration of things that aren't God, once you run away from those things, the only thing that you'll be running towards is God. And so when we think about idolatry, okay, how does that relate to habitual sin? How was is, how is my habitual sin? How was the root of that actually idolatry? And we have to think about going back to triggers. What are our triggers, right? And I'll speak for me, I'll use myself in an example. When I my gossiping is not like, oh girl, look at her, look what she had on. It's it's not like it don't start off like that. It starts off like this. For example, oh my goodness, I'm so tired, right? So it starts off with a complaint, right? So my trigger is I'm about to complain about something because something maybe it upset me or it annoyed me or it irritated me, right? So so let's start there and say. My my initial trigger is that I come and I have a problem, and I start talking about my problem, and then when I'm you know in the midst of talking about my problems, then I start bringing in the different aspects and the different pieces that are contributing to the problem that I'm having, and then lo and behold, by the time I'm at the you know down the rabbit the rabbit hole, I've talked about ten different things, ten different situations, ten different people, and I'm like. And I feel better, right? Because I wanted to get it off my chest. Or I wanted to even, even even going even further than even getting it off my chest. Because I feel like you can get something off your chest without gossiping. And so let's go further than that. So after I've gone gone down the rabbit hole and, you know, talked about 10 different things, 10 different people, 10 different places, I feel I feel like great, right? Because it's like, Hmm, I was able to say what I needed to say and I was able to get my point across and I feel good about that and I feel right. So the trigger could be an annoyance or an irritation about something that ha- happened at work and then it leads into a complaint and then it leads into bringing in different problems and different people, different situations and then at the end of it, I always feel good. Right? Why do I feel good? I feel good because I was able to get something off my chest or I was able to vent and it feels good for me. And some some people still maybe are probably like, that doesn't make sense. Okay, let me make it make sense. Where did that lead us to, right? So as we're we're kind of narrowing things down, I started by talking about Man, there's something that irritated me today at work. And then I and then I then I went and moved on to a complaint. Well, cuz here's what bothered me. This bothered me because she always is taking my ideas. And then I started talking about and nobody ever checks, you know, nobody ever checks her about taking other people's ideas. She's done it before and So and so's done it. He's done it. They've done it. They don't say anything. They're always on this kind of thing. This organization is fraudulent. This, you know, this, that, and the third. And then at the end of it, it comes down to me after I say everything and get things off my chest. I'm at. I'm the one that's at the end of the path, and I'm able to say, "Whew, I got that off my chest. I feel so much better now." And so if that didn't make sense for you before, I hope it makes sense now to say when you narrow things down and you come from your trigger to what happens next, to what happens next, and then look at, okay, what is the end? Like at the end of it, how do I I feel? Or like what's the outcome of it? You can always see what the idol is. And in my instance, The thing that I'm idolizing is my is myself right I'm looking at myself and saying there's something about me that I want to to I want to console myself I want to have a feeling about myself that is better than how I felt previously before I had this conversation and this could be, and so as I said, this works different for everybody. Because for you, let's say the problem that you have maybe is um alcohol, right? And so maybe you start off and you take a drink because you're stressed, you had a hard day. And then so you have one drink and you're like, okay. And then you have another drink because you think about something else that happened to you during the day at work or at home. You're like, yeah, man. Okay. I got to take another drink because that definitely upset me. And then you take another drink because you're like, okay, now it starts to feel good. Now I'm starting to feel light. Now I'm starting to feel like I'm numbing my emotions or I'm numbing the pain. And at the I believe like all of these habitual sins the root of all these habitual sins and it doesn't seem like it right because it seems twisted it seems backwards but the truth is that at the root of all of these habitual sins are the worship of ourselves idolatry us wanting to not only it's not even console yourself because that's not even the word I want to use but is to put yourself at the center of something and to say, Well, because I'm feeling this way, I'm going to do this because I want to feel this way and I want to feel in control, and I want to be able to control this situation because I couldn't control being irritated now I want to control the situation in this way by being able to numb my emotions and numb my pain with alcohol or Because I felt like I didn't have any power when people were stealing my ideas. But now in this conversation, I have the power. So now I'm going to talk trash on these people. Or because I couldn't meet a goal at work today, I couldn't control what happened at work today. Or I felt out of control at work. But now, now I can come home and watch pornography. And I can choose the video I watch. And I can choose the way that I'm going to pleasure myself. And I can choose the way that the outcome is and I can choose the way that I'm going to feel. And so I hope that this is making sense to whoever is listening is that at the root of every habitual sin is worship of self. Because and, and, and I want to be I want to be honest and say I do. I, I get it. Right. We do all have problems. We all have frustrations. We have irritations. We have annoyances. We have things that just make life difficult. Like, I know there are people who are listening to this who are just like, but come here, like my life is just, my life is just hard all the time. There's always something that's hard. There's always something that makes it like, I don't know how I'm going to go on. And, and And so I'm using alcohol because it's helping me feel like I can go on, or it's helping me feel like there's at least something that allows me to feel like I can control, right? I can control if I'm going to get blackout drunk, or I can control if I'm just going to get a little bit tipsy. I can control if I'm going to spend a little bit of money, or I can control if I'm just going to blow all my money and not even have money to pay any of my bills. Like, who cares? You know, I can control if. I'm going to gossip about this person or if I'm going to gossip about that person. And so at the heart of every one of our habitual sins is idolatry. And the Bible helps us with this because Paul tells us in first Corinthians 10 chapter 13, he says, listen up, just like the Israelites complained and grumbled against God. They were sexually immoral. They did all types of things that God did not approve of. He says in verse 13, so he says the Israelites did it and and, and it's no surprise that it's happening to you because he says there's no temptation that has overtaken you, you and I, There's no temptation that has overtaken us that isn't common to man. So it's not like you and I are the first ones to deal with gossiping. It's not like you and I are the first, you know, we're the first ones to deal with overspending. You're not the first one to deal with alcohol abuse. You're not the first one to deal with porn addiction. You're not the first one. You are not the first one and you won't be the last and you're not alone. That's how the enemy likes to isolate us. That's why the word of God is so good because Paul is telling us right now, look, honey, there's nothing that is overtaking you right now that isn't common to man. You're not alone. And so when the enemy tries to make you believe, yeah, you're alone in this. There's nobody else who's dealing with this. Look at you. You're the only one who has a porn addiction. You're the only one who drinks alcohol till he blacks out or she blacks out. You're the only one who gossips like there's no tomorrow. You're the only one who spends money. You're the only one who gambles. It's not true. It's a lie because if you read the Bible, this is why we have to stay in our word. If you read the Bible, the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. The enemy wants to accuse us because he has already been accused. His sentence is already sealed. Jesus has won. Jesus has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The enemy, his fate is sealed. And so he's trying to take as many people with him. So if he can accuse you, In your mind and make you feel like i'm the only one who's i i'm the only one who's addicted to porn if he can make you believe that you're the only one who's addicted to porn what's going to happen next you'll isolate he'll get you even more alone you'll go even even deeper into your addiction your life will get even darker things will get even harder why because the enemy has accused you and you've believed him in the lie that he tells that you're the only one who's dealing with this. But Paul right here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is coming straight against that lie. So I want you to read your Bible. I need you to read your Bible every, every, every day of your waking life. Every time you're, every day you're awake, you need to read your Bible because for every lie, there is a truth. And so Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians, verse 13, there's nothing that you're dealing with that isn't common to man. Whatever you're dealing with, Somebody else in the world is dealing with somebody in the past has dealt with it. And somebody in the future is going to deal with it. And he tells us God is faithful and he will not. Let me tell you that again. It says God is faithful and he will not let you or I be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he is going, here's what God is going to do for you and I. This is what is our cure. This is our cure for our habitual sin. And this is why we have to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. We have to make this our game plan to be attentive to the Holy Spirit because it says God is faithful. Number one, God is faithful. Actually, let's say number. Here's our list. Number one, you're not alone. There's nothing that you're going through that somebody else in the world isn't going through. Number two, God is faithful. Number three, because he is faithful, he's not going to let you be tempted beyond your ability. And number three, but with your temptation, he's going to provide a way of escape. He's going to provide a way of escape. Why? So that you may be able to endure. I need you to hear this. The Bible is telling us right now the solution to our habitual sin God is faithful he's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you're what you're able he's going to provide a way of escape and so today i want to encourage you to be on the lookout for your way of escape if you are a christian you have access To a way of escape. And I ain't going to sit here and tell you, I know what your way of escape looks like. Because it doesn't tell us. Paul doesn't tell us, okay, you know, God is faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with your temptation, he's going to provide a way of escape in the form of your best friend's going to call you. Or your best friend's going to send you a text message before every time you're about to gossip. you know, it doesn't tell us that, right? It doesn't it does, it does doesn't tell us that because there's just some things that it's just like, I mean, it's not going to say, well, here's the specific way. It tells us, and I think it tells us everything we need to know. If you're trying to know extra details of, well, how is God going to do it? I mean, is that really important about how he's going to do it? I think it's important that he's going to do it. And so I want to encourage you today to understand that, like, These habitual sins that you and I struggle with, God is providing ways of escape. God is providing ways of escape for you and I so that we can endure. God doesn't want to see us continually be bound, He doesn't want to see us continually stuck. In sin and stuck in darkness. He wants us to be free. The word of God says, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so the Holy Spirit lives in the inside of us. And because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, we now have access to a way of escape. I want you to be able to believe that. Maybe if you need to write that down, put it on your wallpaper, put it on a sticky note, put it on, I don't know if you have a bulletin board or whiteboard in your house or in your room, but to say, I have access to a way of escape because the Holy Spirit is only inside of you. You have access to a way of escape. You don't have to succumb to the temptations that come your way. You don't have to succumb when you feel like you're being tempted by porn or somebody is tempting you lustfully or, you know, there's a situation you're being tempted, right? Because the reason why we're tempted is because those there's those fleshly desires in us, right? And it goes back to what I talked about about idolatry self-serving wanting to serve yourself wanting to make yourself the center of it all wanting yourself to be at the center right so you have you have a temptation because there's a fleshly desire within you and it is what it is we're humans we're not going to be perfect until we are with the lord in glory and so Until the Lord comes back and we go with him in glory, we're going to struggle. But here's the good news. There's nothing that you're going through that other people aren't going through. You're not alone. God is faithful and he's going to provide a way out. And so with that being said, I just want to encourage you to start looking for your way of escape. Start looking around you and start thinking about how is God providing ways of escape? And this really has to do with trusting and relying on the Holy Spirit and getting with him and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm relying on you. Holy Spirit, you know I'm really struggling with this thing. Can you open my eyes to the ways of escape? And your your life, is going to open up so much more. Your, your, your eyes are going to be opened. If you allow the Holy Spirit to do this. Your eyes are going to be open to say. Lord I'm struggling. With you know insert. Whatever it is here. So Lord I'm struggling with this. And I ask. That you would open my spiritual eyes. So that I can begin. To see the ways of escape. That you're making for me. And so. That's all I have for us. You know, this one was a little bit longer, but I really believe that this was for somebody. Somebody's listening to this, and this is going to touch you. This is going to be for you because I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to talk about? And I'm surprised that I talked this long, and I'm surprised that you stayed this long. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any feedback, anything, anything you want to say to me, you can always shoot me an email my email all my all my information is in the description box of the podcast and i'm just so grateful that i get to do this and that i get to share this space with you all and share this podcast with you so all right until next time i'll see you later bye